our burdens. I can't speak for you, but at times, it seems like to me that life is just filled with trouble. It seems like that every single day there are struggles that I deal with or struggles that I see other people dealing with, truly burdens that people have in their lives. Never before in all my life have I seen so much trouble in the lives of people. And I don't know if it's because I'm ministering now or what, but it just seems like I see it every single day. And at times, these troubles, uh, at times, even just everyday life, can be absolutely overwhelming. At times, our burdens can actually defeat us. At times, our burdens can even cause us to stumble. At times, our burdens can cause us to lose heart. And at other times, our burdens may even cause us to quit on the Lord. That being the case, we need to find a way to handle our burdens. Now, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you've gone through this week. And I don't know why the Lord has sent this message. But I know He has. So I pray this morning, you're going to learn a little bit about what God wants you to do with your burdens. I read about a man who was driving his pickup truck down an old country road and he was driving up on this man who was carrying this obviously heavy backpack. So being the Christian man that he was, he pulled over and, and told the man he could just hop in the back and he'd take him wherever he needed to go. But as he was going down the road, he noticed that this guy was sitting in the bed of the pickup, but he wouldn't take off his backpack kept his backpack on his back. And so he hollered to that man. He said, he said, yo, why don't you take that backpack off your back? And that stranger said, oh no. It's real nice of you to carry me, but I couldn't dream of you asking, asking you to carry my burden too. That don't even make sense, does it? As foolish as that sounds to me and you, isn't that exactly what me and you do when we don't allow God to take care of our burdens? Whether you know it or whether you don't, He's carrying you. You felt your pulse this morning. He's the one sustaining your life. But yet, how many times do we hold on to our burdens? as if they were ours to carry. I think most people have, think they have a pretty good idea about what to do with their burdens. Most people go to the old reliable worry. That's what we've been talking about in Sunday school. They say, well, if I just worry hard enough about my burdens, maybe they'll go away. Is that crazy or what? Mm-hmm. Other people say, well, maybe it's up to me. 
Maybe I just need to try to take care of my burdens myself. So if it's going to be, then it's up to me. I'll just carry my own load. But the Bible tells us what we should really do with our burdens. This is nothing new this morning. It's just tried and true Bible teaching. And if you'll apply what God says, if you'll apply to your life what God says, it'll always get the job done. If you let it. So go with me to the Psalms. Psalm 55. And just as a little bit of background for this psalm, this psalm was written by King David. And just prior to him writing this, uh, enemies were surrounding him, trying to kill him. His own son was, in fact, trying to kill him. And let me tell you, David had a lot of burdens. He was on the run and scared for his very life. So as you hear uh, these words being read, I want you to think about what David might have been going through and the burden that he was carrying. In Psalm 55, beginning in verse 1, listen to what David says. He says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan noisily. Because of the voice of my enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. That means just pause for a second and think about that. Verse 8. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on the walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. But it's not the enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it the one who hates me who has exalted himself against me. For then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God, in the throng. Let death seize them and let them go down alive into hell. For the wickedness is in their dwellings and is among them. As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. And there were many against me. God will hear and he'll afflict them. Even he who abides from old. Selah. Pause and consider those things. Because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. He has put forth his hand against them, those who are at peace with him, and he has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were like drawn swords. And friends, 
as I shared verse 22 with you, a verse that was given to me by a pastor friend of mine that brought me comfort when Beverly passed away, a verse that I'll never, ever forget as long as I live because it gave me godly instruction about what to do with my burden. Verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never, say never, He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Now I got to tell you, you are looking at a person who is not righteous in and of himself. However, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I can tell you this day that I do have a righteous standing before God because I have placed my faith in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, you know and we well know that burdens beset us every day. And those burdens get so heavy sometimes that, Lord, we want to throw in the towel. We want to give up. We want to quit. We want to stop serving you. We just give up. Lord, I pray that today your message from your word gives instruction to us about how we are to bear our burdens. Father, thank you for giving us encouraging words like these. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Powerful, powerful scriptures this morning. To know what to do with your burdens, you first need to understand some things. To, un to know what to do with your burdens, you first need to know the character of your burdens. You need to know what burdens are all about. You see, burdens, friend, are sure to occur. Burdens are sure to occur, but they do have a purpose. Your burdens do have a purpose in your life. Burdens, trouble, death, affliction, trials, all those things in your life come for a reason. They are allowed into the life of the believer for a reason. Now, they may be undesirable part of your life. Can I get an amen? Anybody here love those burdens? Love them trials. Lord, give me some more. Mm. They may be undesirable, but I want to tell you today, don't be dismayed because your burdens do have a purpose. Burdens are sure to occur. But burdens also are often sent. Say sent. Burdens are often sent by God. Now, you may say, no, my burden was caused by so-and-so. But I'm telling you that just maybe your burdens were sent by God. Do you believe, say yes or no, do you believe that God allows everything in your life? Is there any no's in the house? Nothing can happen in the life of the believer unless Jesus says it's okay. You believe that? Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing. 
And if he allows it to happen in your life, that means in, in the overall scope of things, in the overall view of things, it's for your good. Hmm. Sure is undesirable at the time, though, isn't it? Mm-mm-mm. It may be unfair. You may say, Lord, you're being unfair to me for allowing this burden to come on me. But I want you to know that it does have a purpose and that God has a plan for your life. And that somehow, some way, that burden may be a part of that plan. So important. That word burden in verse 22 where David said, cast your burden on the Lord. That word burden has a peculiar meaning. That word burden actually means a gift that was sent. Now, I can't speak for you, but of all the burdens that I've had in my life, not one of them felt like a gift. But that's the meaning behind that word. A gift that was sent. In another translation by a a gentleman named Strong, he translates the Bible very, very literally. And here's how he translates that first part of verse 22. He says, Cast on Yahweh that which He has given you. God has given you this burden. He has given you this blessing. He has given you this gift. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but let's try to think from an eternal perspective. Let's don't get so caught up in the 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 years that we have to live on this earth. Let's think from God's perspective for a moment. God has a plan, and he knows that burdens have a dramatic effect on us. Burdens are sure to occur, but they do have a purpose. Burdens are often sent right by the hand of God because He's got a plan for us. But also, burdens are often very special from God. You may not realize it when you're going through the burden, but burdens can be the greatest blessing you ever had. The death of a loved one can be the greatest blessing you ever had. Certainly the greatest blessing they ever had. And when you handle your burdens correctly, they will make your Christian life more fulfilling. When you handle your burdens correctly, they will also make your Christian service more effective because you will be less burdened when you put your burdens in the right place. Why? How in the world am I going to have a more fulfilling life because I'm going through these burdens? Well, think of this. Burdens always, say always. Burdens always have the potential to make your faith grow stronger. If you handle them correctly. Now, if you try to handle them, you may try to have faith in yourself. And you may fail miserably. You have also a huge potential to help others in the course of your burdens. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever trial, difficulty, or challenge, that trial, that challenge, that burden has a great potential to help you help others. And how many of you know that this life you're living is not all about you? 
If you believe that, raise your hand. This life you're living, first and foremost, is all about God. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that you are created to glorify God. That's the whole reason for you being created. But second of all, you are given these burdens to help others, to become others-centered as opposed to being self-centered. And when we finally get it, when it gets through this thick skull of mine that it's about other people that I'm living this life and not all about me, 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 then my life is going to be more fulfilling and I'm going to look on these burdens just a little bit differently. Because when I was an alcoholic and drinking and came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he caused this dramatic change in my life, now all of a sudden I was able to use that past burden to help other people with the same problem. When the Lord Jesus took Beverly, when I thought I was doing everything right, at first I thought I was being penalized. I thought God didn't like me no more. But I learned that one of the reasons why she was called up to heaven was not only for her own good, but for my good. That I might be able to help other people who are going through the same struggle with the death of a spouse. You know the struggles you go through. I want to encourage you to look at those burdens, to look at those trials, to look at those difficulties in a way that just might help somebody else. Because this life is not all about you. In fact, you know the scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians. Listen to what the Bible says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, get this, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, all of our trouble, all of our burden, who comforts us in all of our burden, that we may be able to comfort those who are also in burden. That we may be able to help those who are in any trouble with the same comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by God. That's biblical instruction, friends. You're to use your burden to help other folks. All right? Now, we always tend, if you're anything like me, I always want nothing but blessing from God. Man, if I had a mountain piled up this high full of blessings for Brother Bill, I'd be a happy boy. How about you? If your blessings just keep getting stacked up, that's all you've got in this life was blessings. Would you be a happy camper or what? Boy, oh boy, I would too. I would be happy for you. As long as some of those blessings come my way, amen. Because it's all about me, you know. But burdens reveal a side of God we might all otherwise miss. We don't look about at burdens as a gift. We don't look at burdens as a blessing. But I'm here to tell you that they are. Or that they can be. Depends on how you look at them. Consider the oyster and his burden. An oyster gets one little granule of sand inside the shell. And that's a burden. It's an irritant for the oyster. He don't like that granule of sand being in him. And so what he does is he begins to coat 
that granule of sand. Over the years, he begins to handle that burden until it becomes a what? A pearl. That irritant in your life, that burden in your life, it can be an old, old rock, or it can be a pearl. But you're going to need God to make it a pearl. So we need to understand the character of our burdens. They're sure to occur. Often they're sent by God, and most times they're very special to God. They're an instrument of God. But then he goes on and he gives us a command. A command concerning our burdens. Actually, not just a command, but a demand. A godly demand concerning our burdens. Now, tell me, just blurt it out, tell me how do most folks handle their burdens? Shout it out if you know it. Who said that? Worry? What else? That's, that's certainly the right way to do it, but... How do real people handle, handle their burdens? Frustration. What else? Lose their joy. What else? Stress. Praise the Lord for that, right? That's right. What else? Try to handle it yourself. That's right. What else? Say again. Drinking. Bad habits. Sure. What else? How else do people handle their burdens? What, Sammy? Quit. Run away? That's right. What else? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's right. I want to share three of them with you. Two of them y'all mentioned. One is the most infamous of all of them, worry. The second one, or the third one rather, was quit. But that's, the second one was panic. Oh, man, that's my favorite. I just freak out. I just panic. And it's all because of fear that I do that. But what does the Bible say about these three ways that most folks handle the burdens? Well, the first one, worry. Here's what the Bible says about worry. In Philippians 4, 6, you've heard this before. Be anxious for what? Be anxious for nothing, God says. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests... Be made known to God. Brother Bill said it. Prayer. That's the way we should handle it. All right? Not with worry. Uh, you're familiar with the story in Luke. Uh, matter of fact, Brother Chad mentioned it this morning where Jesus was teaching a lesson about worry. And he said, don't worry. I mean, he said, look at the ravens. They're, they're all healthy. They're all eating. Yet they don't have barns to store their food. Look at the lilies of the valley. They're be more beautiful than Solomon ever dreamt. Yet they've been provided for. So don't worry. Panic. The Bible says don't panic because you've got to know that with God nothing is impossible. If you're in the midst of a burden, if you're in the midst of a struggle, you've got to know you serve a God with which nothing is impossible. And that underlying reason of why we panic is nothing but pure de old fear. And here's what the Bible says about fear. Paul wrote it to Timothy, and he says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
So panic is not an option either. Worry is certainly not an option. But then one of the ways that other people handle their burdens is they quit. They quit on the Lord. But listen to what the Bible says about quitting. In Galatians chapter 6, in verse 9, the Bible says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we don't quit. So most people are handling the burdens all wrong. They're handling them by some of the ones you mentioned. They're handling them by worrying and and by panicking and, and by quitting on the Lord. But how does God want us to handle our burdens? He says it there in verse 22. God says that he wants you to cast your burden on him. Now that word cast, you need to know what that word means. Because that word cast means to throw it down. To give it up. To quit holding on to it. To throw it down. See, God's plan is for you and I to take our burdens and throw that burden at His feet. You weren't meant to carry that burden. And that that word cast is a command. He's not saying, you know, if you want to, cast your burden on the Lord. He's not even saying, I wish you would. He's telling you to. He's saying, take that burden and cast it at my feet. It's not an option. It's a godly command. He's telling you to do that. And if you choose not to do what God says, and you choose to carry that burden, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be struggling. And you're going to quit. And you're going to give way under the weight of that burden. Cast that burden at his feet. He's more than capable to handle your burden. Do you believe that? Say amen. He is perfectly able to handle your burden. And yet when we decide to carry it ourselves, you know what you're really saying? You can't handle this one. I got it. That's what you're saying. I got it. I'll carry it. It's like carrying that backpack in the back of that pickup truck. God, you can carry me. You can sustain my life. You can give me every breath I breathe and every heartbeat that I I beat. But you can't handle this burden I'm I'm carrying. Mm. Anybody here do that? Smile big if you believe it. Uh Uh-huh. You see me smiling too, don't you? It's a godly demand concerning your burden. But it's not just a demand. He doesn't arbitrarily just command you to do this. He gives you a godly demand with a godly direction. He promises that if you'll do this, if you'll do what he has commanded you to do with your burden, then you're going to be able to help others. And we know that we're not here about us. We're here about others. We've got to cast them Upon the Lord Jesus, if we're going to have any relief of our burdens. Do you know that the Bible says, cast, say cast. The Bible says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you, God says. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He doesn't do it because he has to, he does it because he cares for you. So do it. There comes a time 
when we just got to lay that burden down. You have to lay that burden, cast that burden down at the feet of Jesus. Now, does that mean you'll forget about that burden? I'm sorry, unless you're superhuman. You may cast that burden down at the feet of the Lord Jesus, but you'll probably still remember it. But it's not about forgetting. It's about trusting. We're going to trust Him to handle the burden. We're going to trust Him with the outcome of the burden. Yeah, I'll remember it and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But inevitably, it's up to Him. And I'm going to trust Him with it. It's going to be at His feet and I'm not going to go and pick up that backpack again. I'm going to cast that burden on the Lord. Not about forgetting. It's about trusting. In fact, another verse of Psalms in Psalm 37.5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He'll bring it to pass. Commit your way to Him. Commit that burden to Him. Trust that burden with Him. He's got big shoulders, amen? He can handle your burden. He can handle your backpack. So we've got to learn to trust Him. We have to learn that certain promises are promises we can count on. And that being said, I want to tell you about the covenant surrounding your burdens. We learned a little bit about the character of the burdens, and we've seen a little bit about God's command concerning our burdens. Now I want you to see the promise surrounding your burdens. First, there's a promise of God's support. Look back, back again in Psalm 55, 22. He says, cast your burden on the Lord, and what will he do? I can't hear you. Sustain you. That's exactly what God said. He said, cast your burden on me and I'll sustain you. Now you need to know what that word sustain means. That word sustain means that I will lift you up, I will hold you up, I will control it, contain it, maintain it, and measure it out. I'll sustain you. I'll hold you up. I'll hold this burden for you. But you've got to cast them on the Lord Jesus. How many of you know that God is constantly reviewing your life? Every minute that you live, He's constantly reviewing that. He's constantly watching you. And He knows what you can take. He knows what you can't take. And He knows what you can take with His help. Everything. There's a saying... That God's eye is always on the clock and his hand is always on the thermostat. He knows how long it's going to last and he knows how hot it's going to get. Amen? And he's not going to turn it up hotter than you can get it and he's not going to make it last longer than you can stand it. Along with his help. The promise of God's support. He knows when and he knows how long your burdens are going to be. That's a promise. He'll sustain you. But there's also a promise of God's steadfastness. Did you know that God will stand by you? That as a child of God, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. How many people here today can honestly say that God left me hanging one day? I can tell you this. With all honesty. Not one time in my 48 years. Good grief. Did I say 48? 
Not once in my 48 years has God let me down. I may have thought he did at the time. When that thermostat got a little hot. I may have thought he forsook me. But not one time has he ever left me. All my life. And I bet you that if you thought about it. Well I can see by your presence here today. Not one time has God forsaken you either. Not once. He's steadfast. He'll never let you down. That word never, did you see it there? In verse 22? Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you and He shall never, say never. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Never. He will always stand by you. He'll never let you down. At no time, for all eternity, forever, He'll always be steadfast beside you. He'll never let you down. God will never fail you. His mercies are new every morning. And His compassions fail not. He'll never let you down. He'll never turn His back on you. So in my burdens, there's a promise of that God will support me. And there's also a promise that God will sustain me. He will be steadfast. He'll never let me down. But there's a third promise. And that is... A promise of godly success. Now, our trials are partially there because God wants us to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. Did you know that? If you're not moving forward, then you're actually moving backwards. You may think you're standing still, but if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. If you're not growing, you're dying. And so God allows these burdens to come into our life to induce us, to encourage us, to grow, to move forward in our faith, to move forward in our relationship with Him. He wants us to be as intimate as we can possibly be. He wants you to be a success. And that is the, pur- the purpose of our trials. The purpose of these burdens is to draw us closer to Him and make us grow. So, burdens have a crazy ability to either make us or If you want that burden to make you, cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. If you want that burden to break you, then why don't you just worry about it? Won't you panic? Won't you quit on Jesus? And that burden will break you. It all depends on how we take these burdens. It all depends on your perspective your attitude about your burdens. If we worry, if we panic, and we forget the Lord Jesus in our burdens, you will fail. It's just that simple. However, if you remember Him and you cast all your cares upon Him who cares for you, you will succeed. One last word. Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. That word moved means totter. 
trip up, stumble, lose your way, shake or slip, the Lord will support you. And He'll give you victory if you only trust Him and cast your burdens upon Him, He who cares for you. So I'm asking you today, what's it going to be? Going to worry and fail? Or are you going to win by casting your care upon Him? Crazy how we have a choice of how our burdens are going to affect us. Now I mentioned this before I got started. That the Bible says... He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not even one. He says that our righteousness is like filthy rags before God. There ain't a single thing you can do that would enable you to come before God on your own accord. We need someone who's perfectly righteous, absolutely sinless, to die for us. And that's what Jesus did. When Jesus died on that cross, and he bled for all of humanity who would accept him, when he suffered and was beat and spit upon, degraded, he did it for you. And he did it for me. And he did it because, get this, he wanted me to have a righteous standing, a right standing before God. We talked about this Wednesday with the youth group. That if God is there on his throne, Jesus stands in front of me, and I stand behind Jesus, and when God looks on me, he don't see nobody but his son, the perfectly righteous one. And my faith in him gives me a righteous standing before God. And his promise is that if I will cast my cares upon the Lord, he shall sustain me, for he will never, say never, he will never permit the righteous, he who has a right standing before God, to be moved. If you don't have that righteous standing, the Bible says, behold, today is your day. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ to give you that right standing before God, you can do that today. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You can be saved from that unrighteous standing. And you can have a right standing before God. So what's it going to be? Once again, it's up to you. Crazy how God gives us a choice whether we want to live eternally with him or not. But he does. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Thank you for loving us so much that you gave us a choice. You wanted it to be real love. 
And so, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for the countless thousands and millions who have come to faith in Jesus over the centuries. Lord, there are over a hundred here today who likely have placed their faith in your son Jesus, believed on him, called him Lord, and believed that you raised your son from the dead. And they are saved. But Lord, there might be one who doesn't have a righteous standing before you. Therefore, their prayers aren't heard. They don't cast their, their burdens upon you. They try to handle it all themselves. They don't feel like you're sustaining them. And they're constantly being moved to and fro underneath the weight of their burden. Lord, I pray that today they'd be convicted by your word to place their faith in your son. All they have to do is just step out, step up. Allow me to share what you say in the Bible about how a, a man or a woman can be saved. That's the first step. Making a disciple for the rest of our lives is the rest. Have your will and your way in this decision time, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name that that person that is here today that desperately needs that right standing before you will hear that still soft whisper in their heart that they need to do something. The burden's too great and they need help. Lord, do that for them today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.